Hello there and welcome into the 150th episode of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller. And we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. What an awesome, awesome moment for me personally to have hit 150 episodes. So excited about that and I'll probably talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But for now, let me first mention that I have the wonderful Melissa Balea Rowe joining us on the show. And before I get to Melissa, let me tell you a little bit more about Career Competitor. That's right, we are a coaching and consulting company specific to those of you that are looking to perform at optimal standards. So whatever walk of life you come from, whatever world you're competing within, I'm here, Career Competitor is here to help coach you and help drive you toward performing at higher levels. Please feel free to reach out to me at steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com to set up a free consultation, 30 minutes, where we can chat. You can tell me all about the world and the areas that you're competing within, that you're trying to perform at higher levels within. And I can give you my two cents on maybe ways in which I can be of use to you and your team. In addition to that, while you're here, make sure you're clicking a fifth star if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and giving us a follow, a subscription, and giving us a review too. Leave some sort of a review and let your friends know, career competitor, we are 150 episodes strong, people, and we are not slowing down anytime soon. So with all that being said, let me get to my wonderful guest, Melissa Balea Rowe. And Melissa is the CEO of Independent Music Publishing and artist development with Rhyme Partners. In addition to that, Melissa recently was the author of the book, God, Gratitude and Giving. And we're gonna be discussing that within the episode as well. Melissa has very much been there and done it within the music industry for a long time now, but none of it came easy. And we're gonna get into that journey and some of the trials and tribulations that came with that but also the reason why all of that is so very much worth going through to come out the other side to achieve what it is Melissa was able to achieve within her world of music. Now, what I really enjoyed about our discussion was how it became so much about mindset. And you're gonna hear some wonderful examples of how the right perspective and the right approach has very much served Melissa well over the years. But this episode is for anyone out there that is maybe struggling at the moment, that is maybe having a hard time with believing that they're capable or believing that the best is yet to come. You need to be listening. You need to be listening to this particular episode of the Career Competitor Podcast because this is gonna give you the support, the guidance, the hope that you need to believe that you are capable and that the good parts of your journey are still to come. This is where that journey is gonna start today, right now with this conversation I cannot wait for Melissa to start sharing her story, so I'm not going to delay the conversation anymore and welcome in Melissa Balea Rowe to the Career Competitor Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy. Okay, well, I am so excited to be welcoming in Melissa Balea Rowe to the Career Competitor Podcast. Melissa, first and foremost, we are talking on a Monday afternoon. Firstly, where are you? And secondly, how are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am currently today in Florida. I bounce around between Nashville, California, and Florida, and today I'm in Florida. It's a rainy day, um, and I'm doing wonderful. How about you? 
I'm doing great. All the better to be having you on the show. And as we were just joking before we press record here, it's an opportunity for me to dive into a world that uh, is very close to my heart, which is just the world of the arts in general, creative space in general. But one of those cities really does speak to what it is you do. And, and I think as you start to explain it, people will know which one I'm talking about. So why don't you tell everybody where, what it is you do and, and the world that you work within? Absolutely. I'm a professional songwriter and a publisher, and I have a small boutique publishing company called Rhyme Partners Music Publishing in Nashville, Tennessee on Music Row. And I've been in Nashville now about 17 years at the time goes by and I always forget how long it's been, but I moved out there in 2007 and um, started my company in 2013. And it's just been thriving ever since. So we publish songs and we also work with artists and career development and that sort of thing. Very cool. Well, you and I will have to have like a business chat after this or something like that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sure. but the but the opportunity to have you on is just wonderful. One thing I do want to mention straight away is the fact that you will have this, or you do have a book that's just come out recently of God, Gratitude and Giving, which I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about. I love how the book is explained in terms of the power of these three words and what they've done for you. But specific to just your story, you mentioned it there, the company started in 2013, 17 years in Nashville. But let's go even further back. Let's say, where did this creative side of Melissa really start to show itself for the first time? Uh, well, then we're going to go way, way, way back. And I love <laughs> telling this story because it's absolutely true. But as long as I can remember being a, a small child, even at the age of three or four years old, I could hear lyric and melody in my head. And it wasn't until I was about six or seven Maybe in the second grade, I don't know where I was spending the night at a little friend's house. And, you know, we were all trying to think of things that we could stay up later and do. And I said, hey, why don't we all write, uh, tell, sing those songs that are in our head? You know, the ones that we make up. And they all just kind of looked at me funny. And I said, you know, the ones that are in your head. And I know that's ironic and weird. But I, at that time, I realized, wait, you don't hear songs. And so I just sort of I just grew up hearing music and melody and I just didn't know it wasn't a thing for everybody in, until then. I love that. And I, I have to relate to that too. It's, I mean, I, I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old right now and all they hear is daddy's silly songs that he just comes up with all the time. It's probably not to the extent that, that you've maybe gone on to do. Let's just be I don't think any of my songs are going to be hitting uh, the public scene anytime soon. But at the same time, I love that creative energy that you showed so early and so often with people that come on the show is that you get these early signs, these detections that there's something here, there's something about the individual that resonates with them, that speaks to them and says, hey, listen, I've got something here that I want to pursue. There's something here that I think I can maybe call a passion and be passionate about for a long time. So moving ahead slightly, when did you decide that not only was this something that maybe came natural to you or that you loved, this was going to be something that you dedicated a lot of yourself to. Absolutely. So I spent the next several years just um, hearing those songs in my head. And sometimes I would translate them as like poetry and I'd put them down on a piece of paper. And the reason I say that is because I wasn't taking at that time, um, I didn't take any formal lessons, guitar, or piano, anything like that. And unfortunately, I lost both my parents at a young age. And so, um, you know, I had moved around a little bit from aunt to uncle to grandparents. And I don't think that, um, 
anybody really noticed that music was a natural gift that I had, but it was something that I always felt inside of me. And so uh, very organically, I taught myself, I picked up a guitar, uh, taught myself how to play the guitar and then taught myself, you know, how to play a piano as well. Um, but I was about 18 years old. And, um, you know, I think back then karaoke was kind of a thing. <laughs> so I would go any and everywhere I could that I could sing karaoke or even at times in my early life, uh, try to enter contests uh, very realistically to just win some gas money or some grocery money or something. And I, I was never really though pursuing the side of being an artist. I sort of always knew that I was a songwriter. And I don't know how I knew that because I can tell you that I didn't even know that songwriting was really a career when I was young. Um, I did somehow know that Nashville was one of the meccas like New York mm -hmm. or LA, but I just kind of knew that maybe Nashville is the place I needed to be. And so I think I started to try and um, find people who lived in Nashville. And again, I mean, the, the internet was just kind of coming around right. then. It's a lot easier now for, sure. for folks who want to get involved, you know, to just Google and figure things out. But it was a little harder for me back then. I mean, I literally remember my first trip to Nashville, going into Music Row and finding the Music Row publication and getting one of those books and going through the books and trying to call people and trying to set up appointments. So about as organic as it could possibly be <laughs> is where I started with all of it. That's such a great, it's such a great way to be introduced to it. And that almost element of naivety that you almost need when it comes to getting into these types of spaces. Cause I think if you overthink it too much or you see the reality and when I say the reality, I mean how difficult it is to really get into these things. If you're so cognizant of that, then it's probably enough to deter you from even trying. So you need that element of saying, Hey, listen, this could work out. This could work out. And lo and behold, here you are many years later, very much well-established in what it is that you're doing. And oh, I want to talk Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Steve, you couldn't be more right. I mean, if ever <laughs> a statement like ignorance is bliss comes into play here, <laughs> it is with all of this, because um, I feel like in many ways, I dove into a lot of things that I did. And then I worked myself backwards, you know, mm. um, oftentimes thinking, what, what, what in the world, like, was I thinking, but I'm ultimately glad that I did it that way. Um, in fact, yes, I, there were a couple of moments in, in my journey where I sat in some pretty big offices and, and they would just push play on maybe one of my songs and listen to about 15 seconds of it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, here's my big moment. But on the other side of that desk, you know, they would just play about 15 seconds, look at me and say, yeah, well, what, what, what can I do? I mean, basically just wow. be like, yeah, no big deal. And just kind of throw it in the pile with all the other thousands in the closet. And so I would leave kind of going, Oh my goodness. But, um, I, I just hung in there. I think mm. that's, I think, I think really with anything that you do, and I say this to people all the time that the only way you can fail in my opinion is to give up. Mm. Um, so nobody promises you that it's going to happen in a year or two. It could be 20, but if this is, I made the decision a long time ago, Steve, that this was who I was and this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So I tried not to count the months and the years, although it 
it would, you know, it got a little frustrating there here, here and there on the journey for sure. Yeah. Well, we're right in the meat of what I love about this show now in, in terms of what you just brought up here. And I was very much intending to go down this path. So I'm glad that you took us there because for me, so much of the, there's so many stories like yours where it's always so easy in the moment right now, today, as we speak to say, oh yeah, well, clearly, you know, you're, you're, you're successful. You're doing what you're doing. Things are going great. And it's so easy to dismiss the journey of how one got to that moment. And for, for, for someone like myself, hearing your story is, is hugely encouraging because I'm, I'm still in my first year of building a business. And I know many of our listeners have this entrepreneur itch and maybe they want to scratch it. Some of them, like myself, are early on in this process. And we still have a lot of people that are well on their way in their careers, but still feel like they've got a little bit more to give. So stories like yours, they give us this thing called hope. They give us this thing called hope where we say, listen, if we just stick it out, if we just see through the disappointing moments and tell ourselves that on the other side, there's going to be these great opportunities for us, then it's just enough to keep us going. So I'm curious, is there is there a moment, is there a memory maybe that makes you think that was where that I'm so glad that even though I felt as though I was leaning towards maybe giving up and maybe not having hope that I stuck in there and was able to come out the other side of it. Um, well, I would say there's, there are more than one. There are sure, plenty sure. of time. <laughs> yeah. And w- while you were talking, you made me think of something that I realized uh, along the way after many, many years. And so I'll offer it to you and your listeners. If, if this is something that you, you know, you've never heard before, um, maybe you have, but for me, the journey is absolutely the reward. Mm. Um, you know, I've depending on your destination and depending on my destination, which changes as I go along, you know, I want to achieve bigger things, but I always knew that I would get to my, my destination, hopefully eventually. But what I found out along the way was the journey was the reward, the experiences, the, the celebrations, the disappointments, the, the shocks, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the surprises, the things that you didn't expect and the relationships along the way yeah. made me all realize that the journey is the reward. And so I wrote that down and I kept that on my desk for many, many years so that I could always appreciate the process, not just the end destination, because if you really appreciate the process, it becomes very fascinating. And you can also feel a sense of real fulfillment rather than every day, you know, thinking that you're not getting there, or what's it going to be like when you get there, realizing that you're in the process of getting there itself is getting there. Did that make any sense? It, it, it absolutely did. And, and for me, there's, there's one word you said there towards the end that I would love to just go a little bit further into is that of fulfillment because it's so subjective. It's it's one of these things that, and I say subjective in the sense that when you, when you have it, you know, you just know you're, you're fulfilled in a certain moment and someone can say, why do you feel so fulfilled? And a lot of the time you like, I, I can't tell you why I just know that I am. I, I feel that. And, and for you in the work that you do either today, or even as you were going through this process, this journey, as you, as you mentioned, what is it about your journey that you feel gives you that sense of fulfillment? Well, going back to, so answering this question and relating it to the last question you just asked me, going mm. back to, was there a moment? And I said, there were many, <laughs> um, let me zero in on one. And I think that that'll, that'll kind of 
put it all together. Um, so one of the things about Music City, which I like to call Magic City, but one of the things about Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, is um, there's an iconic place there called the Bluebird Cafe. So any and everybody who's familiar with Nashville, Tennessee, who's an artist or a musician knows that um, the Bluebird Cafe is one of the places that we all want to play. In fact, the movie Nashville that was on for so many seasons yeah. was mostly filmed at the Bluebird Cafe. Cool. Um, so it's a little hole in the wall, to be honest with you. It's a small cafe, but it's iconic because the likes of Taylor Swift and Garth Brooks and Dolly Parton, they've all uh, graced those walls and got their start at the Bluebird, Bluebird Cafe. So Myself included, when I moved to Nashville, I desperately wanted to play the Bluebird Cafe and they have an audition process. And that process can sometimes be grueling because they have so many people who audition, but they have so few spots to let people in. Uh, and the process is once you pass the audition, you get to play shows there, you get to play on the writer's nights. And even then, you'll only get to play once maybe twice a year if you're lucky. And that's just because there's so many writers and the competition is so stiff. Well, I, so if you do not pass the Bluebird audition, you can re-audition as many times until you do pass it. But each audition is like a, a quarter, each quarter of the year. So if you miss the audition, you don't pass it. You've got to wait four more months. So I just, <laughs> to put this in perspective, uh, you could probably add the years in your head, but I failed the Bluebird audition five times. Oh, wow. Yes. And so it was very disheartening. And I, I started to think I was never going to pass the Bluebird audition. And I finally, finally did. And now fast forward um, all these years later and a few months ago. Uh, so I, I've played the Bluebird many a time since then. And it's always such an honor. And I never take it for granted. In fact, every time I sit down, the lights go down, I get this lump in my throat because oh. the Bluebird will always be a special place. But um, they have, so that's where I play like in the round, which is what they do in Nashville. And I play with other writers that I invite into the round, but they do this thing on Sunday nights where they have a featured writer every Sunday night. And pretty much if you're the featured writer, that's a little bit of a bar, like you've made it in Nashville. Wow. And so while over the years I got through the auditions and I played the bluebird a lot, it wasn't until a few months ago when I was invited to be a featured writer. Amazing. So you talk about a moment for me that was fulfillment and that marked uh, that journey. Yeah. It was that moment. In fact, when I got the email, I had to actually ask a friend of mine who worked at the Bluebird Cafe because I was they'd asked me for a photo, um, you know, and I, I reached out to this friend of mine and I said, I'm way too embarrassed to ask them if I'm actually the featured writer, I, I know they just asked me to play Sunday night as the, as the writer. And, and they've asked me for a photo, but are you, are they sure that they're, you know, anyway, it was ridiculous, but he wrote <laughs> me back and he said, Melissa, you are in fact the featured writer that night. So I sitting up there that moment where it was just me to an audience of writers and tourists and, and people visiting the Bluebird cafe for the first time was a real full circle, uh, big moment for me as a writer. I, I love that story so much. Um, getting a, a couple of goosebumps here as you're telling it, because these, these are the stories that I've been so fortunate to learn and hear of. Had I not been doing this podcast, I wouldn't get to hear them, you know? So for mm -hmm. me, I'm just so, so grateful to hear this story and such an amazing tale of someone who's 
whose long fortitude paid off and and you came out the other side and were able to say, look, look what came from this, you know? Well, I think about where I was at when I was failing those auditions and it will get me emotional if I think about it too much, but thinking about the moment that I would get those letters or those phone calls telling me that I failed, I could have not in that moment imagined, Melissa, if you just hang in there, it may take 10 or 12 years, but one day you're going to actually be the featured writer. Yeah. And I, I, I really don't think I can adequately express, I mean, how that felt, even the days leading up to me being uh, the featured writer on that Sunday night, I just I just, it was overwhelming. The feeling was overwhelming. And I just wanted to be sure that that night when I was playing some songs and telling some stories to the audience about my journey, that I would somehow let every writer sitting in that room, every hopeful writer sitting in that room, you know, I I wanted to tell them that story because I didn't want them to give up. I really didn't want them to ever give up. So, yeah. And it, it, it very much adds to, to my sentiment of, just appreciate you telling the story because if these stories aren't told then going back to my word hope before it's really hard to have it you know you need examples you need you need trailblazers of what it is they do to show like listen there is a path you can get knocked down five six times and still get up a seventh time and achieve what it is you're trying to achieve and and this can lead to this and so on and so forth so like i said i think these stories are just so powerful because someone is listening to this story right now who maybe just had a really tough time, a really big knockback in life. And this just gave them hope. And and for me, that's what it's all about. And I think that it's very natural, even though we hear these stories, I think it's very natural for us to have that fear anyway, because Mm. we're not, we haven't arrived at that moment yet. So we think, okay, you know, I know someday, but you know what? really know someday, really know someday that it's going to happen. And also too, a lot depends on defining success for ourselves because, you know, I mean, it's very possible that for someone else, they would not see that moment as significantly successful as I do. But I think that we all have different starting points. I mean, for a girl that lost her parents when she was little and at one point when she was a teenager was living in her car and, you know, never took a, a lesson in her life and just didn't really have a cheerleader to get to the point to be the featured writer at one of the most iconic places in a city that's known as the music Mecca. Uh, for me, it just meant everything and it always will, yeah. you know, and, I, and I've had many, many other moments like that as well. Yeah. And, and you know, your world is your world and and my, my world is mine and, and we're all going to have our, equi- our equivalents of singing at the Bluebird Cafe or being the lead writer. At the, we're all going to have our yes. version of that. And, and that's what, Again, I love about the show, but also just in terms of the, the, the message that we're trying to sort of send to people is that from a competitive standpoint, it, it is tough at times. And we're, we've all been there. And something that you said there, this, this feeling of really knowing, truly knowing that something can come, that something can happen. It's, a, it's such an interesting notion because it goes from being confident in yourself to believing in yourself. And it is such a fine detail, but someone who's confident in themselves versus truly believing, they would have succumbed to some of that hardship that you were just talking about there. And you, however, believed in yourself. You believed that this could come to fruition and this could happen. 
Well, and I would add to that, Steve, letting go of how it's going to come to fruition, because one of my favorite quotes is by Albert Einstein in part that he says, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. And so I would say, let go of trying to figure out how it's going to happen and let it happen. Um, Because I can tell you at the moment that I got asked to be the featured writer for that Sunday. I, I I wasn't, I wasn't even in a place where I was, you know, I'll be honest with you, I guess somehow I was manifesting it, but I wasn't thinking even then that I was there yet, or that that was going to be one of the things in my career that was going to be such a moment for me. Uh, So it was nice that it kind of came along when I actually wasn't expecting it or are planning on it, but I can say that there have been a lot of things, one of them being my book that you touched on a minute ago. And another thing being a musical um, that I recently wrote all the music for, and it was for such a beautiful musical called Speak Life in Bullying, the musical that they've now turned into a film and then ended up taking the lyrics to every song I wrote and, and putting it into the school system in a program called Lyrics to Life. So um, saying all of that, just to say, that in itself is something that I could have never known was going to come along. I mean, I might've had my eye on the prize of I'm going to get the next Brad Paisley single, and it's (laughs) going to be on the radio for 10 solid weeks. And I think as a songwriter, you are thinking that way and it's, and it's wonderful and it does happen. And I, and I've had some songs cut by some popular people, but I think when you, when you are open to, anything's possible and things come along like the musical, like my book, you know, that's where you're just in awe of the journey once again. And that's where you're just in awe of what is possible that you can't even dream is possible. But back to what we originally said, you just hang in there. You just Mm -hmm. keep going. You just stay the course and it's almost too beautiful to be honest with you. Well, it is. It, it, there's a beauty in it that you have to embrace, and the, the the term mysteriousness as well. I think that is a great way of putting it to that quote. And it, so much of this is resonating with me right now because I am so in the midst of so much of what you're talking about through through my own business and personal life right now, and in a lot of good ways. And and, and for me, like I said earlier, I think this is all going to be hitting uh, on a lot of levels with a, uh, a variety of listeners. But I do really want to get into the book, as I said. Uh, God, gratitude, and giving, and how these three words uh, have been so powerful in your world. So just pass it over to you. Just tell us about the book and, and everything you think we need to know about it. Sure. Well, so the book was kind of a long time in the making. And because um, what happened was when I started out on my journey, moving to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, there were some really hard times. I mean, there were times where I was doubting that, that I had uprooted myself and gone to another city. And there were moments where I realized that maybe this is going to be harder than I thought to really just immerse myself in the songwriting community and feel accepted and feel like I was really getting somewhere or And then there are those moments of like, am I really any good at at what I'm doing? And, um, you know, just kind of feeling like I was blending in, but sometimes not even blending in, um, with, with everybody out there, you know? And so I went through some anxiety and depression and different things. And, um, one day I was in, I was having, I was in some quiet times of meditation that I did often. And um, these three words were laid on my heart. They literally were just presented to me. And that was not unusual for me because songs always came to me that way. I felt like 
music was always kind of given to me. Like I was a conduit, but this was a little bit different. It was just three words. It was God, gratitude and giving. And they were just laid on my heart. But the strange thing about it too, at the same time was I actually knew what their meaning was. It was almost like they were given to me. And then the entire picture was presented that I would someday write a book about this. And so, um, basically what happened was I knew that if I spent my time in my days focusing on God, and for me, that was time and silence and stillness where I felt like, um, I could connect with, with God and I could, I could just get clear on things and just having that silence was so very important. And then gratitude, just focusing on, not just the normal things that we all think of, like if I say to you, Steve, what are you grateful for? And, you know, you'd probably say my job, my home, my kids, my this, my that. But I mean, diving into things like I'm so grateful for the people who put together this MacBook that enables us to have Zoom. There are so many things that we can be grateful for to the point that if we focus on them daily, we will never run out of things to be grateful for. So if we never run out of things to be grateful for, we just don't have time to focus on lack or to focus on the things that make us worry and then add to that giving and, and every single day. So God, gratitude and giving every single day. So once you, you know, are exhausted from all the things you're grateful for, you can start thinking about all the ways you can give. And that doesn't have to be necessarily, um, monetary. That can be a smile to a stranger. That can be like one of my favorite things, sending a silent prayer to a stranger that can be writing a note to a friend and putting it in the mail. It can be sending them. We've got, you know, the luxury of technology these days is that we have iPhones that allow us to have multiple apps and we can send people a cup of coffee, a gift, anything. There's so we can donate, you know, even if it's just $5, but the act of giving is so powerful. And the only way that I can I can explain this and why it was time finally after years of incorporating this into my life and turning my life around and, and, and having so much success in my life personally and professionally is to finally put it in a book and say, Hey, you know, uh, here's what I have to offer. Here's what happened. Here's how, how it, it happened. And maybe, especially in a culture that we're living in now that, um, you know, it, it would just be something for you to shift your perspective on or your perceptions or the way you're thinking of what's going on. But I know that when I incorporated God, gratitude and giving, then I just had no room for the usual worry, stress, anxiety. And so in my book, I give lots of examples and I also add journal pages in there because Oh, if you're like me, you know, I read something and I constantly, or I hear something and I want to write it down, you know? Right. So that well, was that a lot. Sense. No, no. Hey, we, we, we got everything we needed to know. And I think that the, something you said there as well, and it's so funny while you were talking, I wrote a word down and then you said, you talked about perception and perspective and, and, and how so much of so much can be done through that lens with something like three words, like God, gratitude and giving. And I wrote, as you were talking, so much of what we've just been talking about for most of the last 25 minutes has all been about a person's mindset. Like just so, so much we're talking about here today. And again, something that I would probably not have assumed we would necessarily focus on was that of mindset. And it's also why I don't plan my, my interviews out too much with questions and stuff. Cause I love the organic nature that we get from a conversation and anybody listening to this to, to, to now hear this explanation for the book 
it makes so much sense based on the first 20 minutes of this interview and in, in terms of your story and how perspective and how mindset has served you so well. And for you now to almost simplify it, which I'm a big fan of on this show, is how do we find a way to sort of simplify it for people? Three words, God, gratitude, and giving. And I love the gratitude perspective too, of just this sort of endless and endless approach to gratuity. We can find it everywhere we want if we're willing to sort of pinpoint every, everything within our world. And there's so much more to it. I mean, it, it, it all, so energy is real and, and we know yeah. this, right? We know yeah. that energy is real. We know we can walk into a room. If there's tension, we can cut it with a knife. We know that if people are joyful, we can feel that too. So the only way I can explain the transformation that happens is that, can you imagine what comes back to you when you are focusing so much on gratitude? It's almost like so much more, so many more things to be thankful for show up in your life. And when you're giving that same energy is kind of coming back to you. So now imagine going into a place every day with God, with silence or whatever that is to you, meditation, however you do that. But I encourage you to be still basically so that you can get clarity on things that, you know, there's just always so much in all of our lives going on and being still gives you that clarity in my experience. So can you imagine spending your time every single day, being still, being grateful, giving in some nature and even given to yourself, I would say even for first and foremost is giving to yourself, you know, just pausing, making that cup of coffee or making breakfast, even though we're tempted to jump on the phone or, or to um, answer those emails. I'm just so guilty of that myself. So it's constantly a, a daily thing, but I just got to the point where I felt like it was time now. So when it first happened and I, and I was just incorporating it, I don't think that I could have authentically, authentically, I'm sorry, authentically given this to the world without having spent many years doing it myself and then going, okay, I genuinely live this and my life has changed and now I really want to offer it. And then we, it just, it just felt like it was time. I mean, uh, I worked on it for a very long time and then finally, and the funny thing about it is it's not a long book. I mean, this book is like a little coffee table book. You can actually read it in an hour, right. um, but what was important to me again, was just being authentic and, um, sharing my experiences in a way that felt like I was doing just that. I didn't want it to feel like I was preaching or I was saying, Hey, you should do this. I really wanted it to be more of like, here's my experience experience and offer something. I love that. And for me, it sounds like it's going to be something that anybody can very much revisit whenever they feel the need to as well. So that's the beauty of books like the the one you're describing here is that especially when you leave opportunities for journal entries and things like that, you can reflect on what you maybe wrote a few days ago, a week ago, months ago, whatever it may be. It's it's something that is kind of a gift that can keep on giving potentially. So that's, it sounds incredible. Uh, it's, it's certainly going to be something that I put in the show notes so people can access the book themselves. Uh, but in addition to that, Melissa, I could talk to you for a long time and uh, I, I'm sure people could already detect how much I've enjoyed talking to you. And one thing I'm sure you weren't anticipating adding to your resume was that of being the 150th episode of, of this pop of this podcast, but that is what you are. You're the 150th episode. Wow. Congratulations to you. Oh, thank you so much. But this That's is, a, a- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But we're, 
you know, for me, for me, this couldn't be a better episode as far as I'm concerned to, to really just culminate so much of what we're about on this show. And uh, it's such an amazing, an amazing message that you have to share in terms of your story. But before I let you go, uh, aside from where we can find your book, um, anything else you'd like to share with anybody about where we can maybe learn more about you? Um, my website, melissablairroad.com pretty much has links to all my social media and as well as my company rhyme partners. I, so in my email is on those. And I also, in the back of my book, I actually put my personal email address out there. And I did that because, you know, I want people to reach out to me. I want people to tell me, I want to be able to help them. I mean, aside from creating music and being creative in general, I love encouraging people. Um, if, feels really good. And I, and authentically, uh, giving them some tools. So I, if you have my book, my book is on Amazon. In fact, um, I hit number one bestseller oh. spiritual healing wow. a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And that was incredible with all the hundreds of thousands of books that are on Amazon. It was only for about a day, but still I got there. It counts. You know? It all counts. It all counts. Yeah, and, and just so, yet, yet another thing to add to the, the already very successful career that you've made yeah. for yourself. And, um, you know, you talk about writing a book that's going to be supporting people, you know, this, this is an episode that's going to do just that too. So much great insight, so much great content. And Melissa, I just really appreciate the generosity of time, generosity of insight, and just all, you talk about energy, the amount of energy that you brought to the episode as well. So just thank you again for your time and all the best with everything going forwards. Thank you so much, Steve. I genuinely had a good time chatting with you. And my thanks again to Melissa for joining us on the show. As I said there within the episode, what an awesome, awesome way to bring in 150 episodes. Really cannot thank Melissa enough for her willingness to offer some insight here that is never easy for anybody to present publicly. And she did it willingly, she did it thoughtfully, and very much impactfully as well. A couple of things that I wanted to mention here is firstly, as I, as I mentioned there at the outset of the episode, the concept of the mind in how that has played such an impactful role when it comes to Melissa's journey. And one addition I wanted to make here is the difference between the identity of someone and their mindset too. You'll notice there that Melissa talked a lot about some of the self-development that she had to do and had to continue to work on throughout her journey when it came to just handling adversities, not just within the music industry, but in life. But that never seemed to affect her mindset. Her mindset remained forward thinking. Her mindset remained practical. Her mindset remained optimistic. And her mindset, most importantly, knew that she was capable. And that's the other part of this that I wanted to go into. How she addressed really knowing what it is you believe you can achieve. That difference between just simply being confident in yourself and believing in yourself. You have to show up with the right mindset to put yourself in a position to con be convinced, to be convinced that you are capable, that you really can learn to know that you are capable of getting something done, of achieving something in life. So this episode could not have been a better episode to bring in 150. And to that point, I truly am so humbled and so honored and so excited to be at this point because you could never have told me four years ago when I first started this podcast that I would make it to 150 episodes. And in an era where people are starting a podcast, it feels like 
every single day. Goodness knows how often those podcasts are coming to an end as well. And for me to to still be standing here four years and a couple months later, 150 episodes later, 130 plus interviewees later, my network has benefited so much from this podcast in a way where it's just opened my eyes to the world, to people, to stories that I would never have had the privilege of getting to know had I not done this podcast. And it's changed my life. It's changed my life in the sense that I now have a business named Career Competitor. I cannot tell you just how crazy my story has been through the journey of this podcast, which is why I have zero intentions of ever making this something that is not a passion, is not something I continue to pursue. So if you have enjoyed some, most, however many of the last 150 episodes that you've listened into, then I look forward to delivering another 150 to you as well. I'm excited to be able to do that as we move forward with many, many episodes to come. So thank you for being a listener, whether this is your first time or your 150th time. Either way, I appreciate all of it. But with all that being said, we got so much more to come, so much more stuff to present, so many more interviews to have, so many more stories to tell. So excited about the content that we're providing. And uh, make sure on your way out, you're clicking that fifth star, you're leaving a review, and don't hesitate to reach out to me, Steve at careercompetitor.com. I'd love just to hear from you, whether you're not somebody who's looking to get into coaching or being coached, whatever it is, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you thought of the episode. Tell me what you think of Career Competitor. Hey, tell me what you think of me. I I can take it. It's okay. It's all good. I talk too much. I know I do, but let's just leave it there for now, okay? I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to continue to make these podcasts and to listen to my podcast. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.